and take heart and stand strong in the Word of God. Before I start my message today, I just want to take care of a few things. Uh, I just want you to know where my heart is in terms of keeping the church open. I do not have a rebellious heart. I do not have a rebellious heart. Do not, I'm not keeping doors open out of any sort of rebellion or uh, anything like that. I believe it's a time when people need the Word of God. I believe it's also a time where the devil is using fear to separate, to isolate, to isolate. You see, the scripture says not to forsake the assembling together. That's what the scripture says. Okay, I've had a lot of people tell me that these doors need to be closed. So we're not doing it. We're not staying open to get in anybody's face or anything like that. I do know that as of tomorrow, there will be in the state of Missouri a 10-person rule. I do not believe that's a mandate. I do not believe that it applies to churches. So that's where we are. So that's where we are. So we will depend on the Lord to keep our doors open. I'm also going to tell you, this is the cleanest physical temple this side of heaven. I want to thank the kiddos for helping me over the weekend. Well, actually, actually I was helping them. They were the they were the the light brigade. They were the ones really doing everything. But everything in this entire church has been totally sanitized. The chairs were clean, the walls were clean, every every door thing was clean, the floors were clean, everything was sanitized, light switches sanitized. From head to toe, this church was gone through. So, <laughs> however, we had the protection of the blood anyway. But just so you know, you're in a clean place today. <laughs> <laughs> I and you know me I I'm not a money preacher but I also believe that this is a time when the devil is trying to close down our churches so I will ask you see there aren't as many people here as normal please be faithful to your ties even if you decide now let me tell you this I believe in hand cleaning and all that. You just do all that. There's no judgment if you don't come. Of course, I want people here. No judgment if you feel that at some point you can't come. No condemnation. I understand all that. I understand we need to you know, wash our hands and do all that. But I do believe it is a tactic of the devil to try to keep people out of churches because typically when people do not come to church, they don't send in their tithes. You see, we still have heat and bills and things. I don't take a salary. I am not paid by this church. So don't worry about your money going to me. I'm not taking it. Okay? But I will tell you, if you want a church to come back to, we're going to need sustenance during this time. And I'm not trying to be heavy-handed, okay? I'm really not. I'm just telling you the reality. But God is faithful. God is faithful. I believe this church has a mission. I believe he can use this time to grow this church. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. I believe that he can use this time to grow a church where the word of God continues to go forth. 
want you all to stand and believe with me that nobody comes and tells me that I have to close these doors. That's a demonic scheme. And I believe that no weapon formed against us will prevail. I believe that this is going to be a light and this is going to be a time of church growth, not just for this physical church, not just for this body, but I believe that people's hearts are going to be strengthened and the word of God will continue to go forth and grow strong. Okay? So that's, that's where we are in that situation. So anyway... I believe this week the Lord I'm going to wait one second. <laughs> I believe this week that the Lord instructed me to talk about building your ark. Building your ark. You have a safety place. You have an ark of safety. And God's word has given us a way to be safe inside the ark just like Noah. Just like Noah. Only we have a better covenant, don't we? We have a better covenant. So, are you, are we, am I, going to do what it takes to build the ark, to continue to build our ark. Noah built an ark, didn't he? And he built it according to God's plan. Noah built an ark according to God's plan. He built it, and as a result... His family was saved from destruction, a destruction that came upon the world. We are, not in, we are in the world, but we are not of it. We are the beloved of God. We are the protected of God. Nonetheless, Noah followed God's vision. Noah followed God's plan. And as a result, he and his family were saved. And God has given us the very same, but better actually, ark of protection. But we must follow his plan. This is not a time, saints, beloved of God. This is not a time to succumb to the fear around you. This is not a time to succumb to the fear around you. Genesis 6, 11 through 14. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become. For all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroying to destroy them and the earth. Now we know that God has promised never to destroy the earth. Okay, we, we, we have a better promise than that, don't we? Okay, so I just want to clear that up before I go any further. In verse 14, Genesis 6, 14, God said, So make yourself an ark. We each have our own responsibility. Make yourself an ark. So you see, it took God's vision. He had to embrace God's vision. Do you think that was an easy thing to do? When the land was dry and he said, hey, a flood's coming. And there were no signs of it. It's a little different right now. We have signs of destruction around us. But do you think it was easy for him to believe and follow God's vision and build an ark when nothing was going on? Okay? Likewise, you know, sometimes it can be a little hard, but it's not hard when we're in the Spirit and when we know who we are in Christ. Okay? So anyway, it says, 
Make yourself an ark. It took obedience. It takes obedience. It takes obedience to walk in the promises of God. It took perseverance. Be strong and very courageous. It takes perseverance. We're not quitters. We're not moved by fear. Genesis 6, 8 through 9. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And in Genesis 7, actually verse 1 also, it says, The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Hallelujah. Do you know the righteousness of God in Christ? That doesn't mean you do everything right. It means that you have received the saving grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? That's what makes you righteous. Psalm 18.25 says, To the faithful you show yourself faithful, to the blameless you show yourself blameless. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. So how do we build our ark, saints? How do we build our ark? How do we prove ourselves faithful? How, do, how are we faithful? We are faithful. We build our ark by following the word of God, by believing the word of God, by faith in who God is, by faith in what Jesus has done for us, what he has already accomplished, by placing and planting in our hearts the word of God, the truth of God. We serve a covenant-keeping God. He is not slack in keeping his promises. We must walk in covenant relationship. Covenant relationship. So there are basically two camps. You know, there are those who have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And let me say this, God loves everybody. God loves the world. He does not love you any more because you are a believer than he loves anyone who's not a believer. I'm not supposed to use that word. Remember that? Remember when the Lord told me don't say non-believer? That's a really bad confession over people. To be saved. About to be saved. Those who are not going to perish. Right? Okay. <laughs> he loves everybody. But I'm telling you something. He has a covenant. He has a covenant with those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a different covenant. Thank you, Lord, for that covenant. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, the world, the whole world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. You shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. Yes, it is eternal life, but salvation is a lot more than just eternal life. And we'll be getting to that in a little bit. You see, you have special blessings, specific blessings, because you have chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Acts 16.31 They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved you and your household. You and your household. Okay? Psalm 27, 13, I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So you see, Noah's household was saved, wasn't it? So this sounds a lot like Noah, doesn't it? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Different covenant. You know, now we have Jesus, New Testament. You and your household. Our ark, our ark is Jesus. Our ark is Jesus. 
But we have to choose to walk in relationship with him. We have to choose it. We cannot be lazy Christians. We must build relationships. We must know our rights. We must know our inheritance. We must stand and we must enforce it. Enforce the word against the devil. The devil loves lazy Christians. Because, you know, they, they, they blame a lot on God. The devil loves lazy Christians. So we have to build our relationship. We have to know our inheritance in Christ, and we must establish it in our lives by knowing the word, by acting on the word. It's not enough just to know it. It's not a, Yes, we should put it in our spirits. Yes, the word says renew our minds, right, to the word. But we have to put it into practice. We have to act on it. It's not enough. You know how we've been talking about we need to meditate it, we need to speak it, we need to act it. We need to enforce it. We need to enforce it. You know, the scripture says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he trying to steal out of your life? The word and everything that comes as a result of it. If he can steal the word out of your mouth, you know, out of your mind, out of your spirit, out of, out of your mouth especially, if he can steal that and he can get you to agree with him, that's what he wants. But we're not going to do that here. We're not going to do that at River City Church. We're not going to allow the devil to steal, then kill and destroy. We're not going to allow it. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert. Be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may desire. Devour. Well, he's not going to devour us. Why can't he devour us? Because we have the blood. We have the blood, but there's something that we have to do. You see, when we receive Jesus, we receive salvation from every evil in the world. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what name it has. The name of Jesus is above every other name. But you just need to employ it. You need to employ it. I need to employ it. Okay? I'm going to go... I have a couple PowerPoints, which I forgot to tell them about. So I don't know if you'll get them or not. But anyway, in Greeks, in, in Strong's Greek concordance, I went to the word saved, salvation, which is sozo. Sozo. Oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Make whole, heal, behold. The next one, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. Do you feel like you're walking around with a lot of danger and destruction around you? Okay, that's not what you should be speaking, though. It is true that's in the world, but you see here it says to keep safe and sound. Thank you, Lord, you keep me safe and sound sound. You rescue me. You rescue me. He already did. You rescue me from danger or destruction. Can we go to the next one? It says to save from suffering or from perishing. When people around you are perishing because of things in the world, you do not perish. You do not perish. You will not perish because of the protection of God. Sozo, salvation. So see, yes, it means salvation. And back at 3.16, it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have ever eternal life, everlasting life. Salvation means to save from suffering and perishing, as one suffering from disease. Okay, this is all in the Strong's. 
This is, I'm not making this up. You see? It says, as one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. Can we all receive that in here today? Our restoration, our protection, our health, salvation from diseases. Thank you, Lord. I think there's another one. Each one of these is a little better. <laughs> to preserve one who is in danger of destruction. Doesn't the devil want you to think that you're in danger? Well, we're not going to think that way. I'm not going to think that way. I don't think I'm in danger of any destruction. I think I have a covenant-keeping God who is for me and not against me, who has me engraved in the palm of his hand. That's my, uh, I, I know that. I know that. I am confident in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's here. We need it now. He's a now God. None of this surprises him. We have always lived in a fallen world. What's the big deal? We've always lived in a fallen world. It's your decision. Where are you going to put your eyes? Where are you going to put your eyes? That's the deal. To save or rescue. To save or rescue. So that's so-so. Sounds pretty complete to me. Big package, saints. Big package. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So God's word is true, and it never changes. We are entitled to everything that Jesus purchased for us. But you need to know it. Don't walk around uneducated in what God did for you. Know it's there. Know it's yours. Get in the word. See what he says. It's really hard to believe in something that you don't know about. His word is true, it never changes, but we must lay hold. We must lay hold. We must build our ark. That's our responsibility. He's given us everything we need. We have to integrate the word. We have to integrate the word into our daily, daily, I'm saying daily, lives. Don't get off the word. Get in the word every day. Day. Let it encourage you. Let it build you up. Let it remind you and, and, and store in your spirit the promises of God. That's why I give you homework. Oh, gosh. Psalm 68, 19 through 20. This, I actually have the NIV up there, but first I'm going to read to you from the Berean study Bible, it, I like it. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. The God of our salvation, Selah. Our God is a God of deliverance. That's who our God is. He is a God of deliverance. The Lord God is our rescuer from death. How much more clear could the scripture be? Frankly, what more do we need? Right? When death and destruction are all around, you have been delivered. You have been delivered. The NIV says, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Verse 20, our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. That's what it says, escape from death. Obviously anything that would bring death. He has given us escape. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Does this, do these scriptures encourage you? Yes, they encourage me. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
the righteous run into it and are safe. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteous run into it. He has given you a place, and you can run into it. He has given you the ability to build an ark of his word. Hallelujah. How do we run in? How do we run into that ark? We have to abide. We have to dwell in the Lord. In the Lord. Not in what the world's saying. Like I said before, we have always lived in a fallen world. The world has always spoken junk. There's always been calamity, peril, danger in the world. See, the Lord, the, the devil just wants to create panic. Fear. He's a fear monger. Okay? We, we have no place in fear. You know, Jesus said the world has nothing in him. Well, if I'm in Jesus, the world has nothing in me. I don't need to get my eyes on the fear mongering. I don't need to get my eyes on death, peril, and destruction. The scripture tells me to think on other things in Philippians 4 8, doesn't it? things that are excellent and true and praiseworthy. See, that's what we're going to think on. That's what we're going to think on. The mercy, the goodness, the deliverance of the Lord. That's what we're going to think on. That's where I'm going to keep my spirit moving. I'm not going to move in the, in, in the direction of fear. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, if ye abide abide, you have a job. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Big statement there. Big, big. Big gospel, big God, big Jesus, almighty one. Back to strong concordance. I have some definitions on abide. It says to remain. To remain. To dwell. To continue. To tarry. I need to remain in the word. I need to dwell in the word. I need to continue in the word even when things around me are screaming at me to get my eyes somewhere else and to believe the lie. I continue in the truth. Jesus said that he was giving us another one, a comforter, the spirit of truth. So who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the accuser, to the father of lies, to the one who only knows how to speak lies? Or are we going to listen to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Word of God? In Him there is no changing. There is no shadow. There is no peril of death. That's where my heart is going to continue regardless of what's going on around me. It goes on. It gets even better. It says to endure. To endure. I will endure in the word. I will endure. Hebrews 10.39, it says, We do not belong to those who shrink back, but to those who have faith and are saved. What does your faith do for you? It is salvation unto you. Your faith is salvation. It saves you. We are not of those who shrink back. We are not going to shrink back. We are not going to become timid of the word, in the word, of the word. We will not shrink back. We will stand, and we will stand on the word. It is our rock. My feet are on the rock. My feet are on the rock. When you have done all else, stand. Stand. 
says endure, not to depart. You cannot depart. I cannot depart from the wor word and expect to get its results. You want the results of the word? I do. I want the results of the word in my life, so I'm not going to depart from it. I am going to get it in my mind. I am going to see it with my eyes. I am going to speak it out my mouth. That song that they sang, uh, I don't know, maybe it was the first one. It says, I will testify until I see. So just because I don't see it, we're not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we see. I am moved by the eternal, enduring word of God. The incorruptible seed. I will plant the seed of the living word into my life. And this, the, the song said, I will testify. So when the circumstances are not in line with the word, I will continue to have faith and testify until that word is manifested in the here and now. I'm not going to shrink back. I will go boldly before the throne of God and say, God, this is what you promised me. It says not to depart, to last, to keep continually. To keep continually, no matter what it looks like, I am standing on the word. I will not be moved. I will take the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Who's the word? The word is Jesus. To sojourn. Saints, it's a journey. You don't do this for one day. It's a sojourn. It is a sojourn. I love this last one, to be held. Well, when you really think about it, to be held, yes, we are held in the hand of God, but you know what else that means? To hold on to. Something to be held. I will hold. I will hold on to the word. Oh, I don't know. I just got a little vision in my brain. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if I should tell it to you or not. <laughs> oh. You know what it just made me think of? Have you ever seen those pictures? And it's like, you know, the someone's like kicking and there's like a kid holding on to his foot. <laughs> it's like, I am not letting go. You want to you kick me to the curb, devil? Well, too bad. My God's a big God, and I am not letting go. I am hanging on. And there's nothing you're going to do to get me to do anything else. I am hanging on to my dear God. He is my Father. He loves me with an everlasting love. He is for me and not against me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You created me to do great things. You did not create me with a vision of death and destruction and perishing. I'm going to hang on to your vision for me. I'm going to hang on to the life that Jesus Christ is in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. I will live and not die. same spirit, the resurrection power. The same spirit. Can we get that? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The greatest power ever exerted lives in me, lives in you. You are resurrection life speaking to a world of death and destruction. And when you walk in the room, the glory is there. And it annihilates the seed of the devil. 
We are here, saints, to annihilate the devil's schemes. We are here to stand in the victory that the blood has purchased. Jesus went to hell and he won. And what overcomes the world? Your faith. Jesus went to hell and he won. You think you're walking in hell out there? It's nowhere close to what he already won for you. Do not fear, little one. Do not fear, little flock. I, I am the God who vanquished death. Do not fear, little flock. Stand protected in my covenant of love with you. Stand. Stand up. Protected in my covenant of love with you. Is there any power of the enemy that can come against my love. No. Perfect love cast out all fear. Fear has no place in me the devil has no place in me. My God has already won. And you know what, devil? There's nothing you can do about it. Not one little thing. I've chosen. Have you chosen? Have you chosen? Are you going to do what it takes to stay in the ark when the flood comes? Are you going to do what it takes to stay in the ark when the flood comes? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And you and your household shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so this last week I gave y'all homework. Y'all were supposed to read Psalm 91 every day. <laughs> Did it encourage you? Did it bless you? Did it strengthen your faith? Yes, because the Word can only do that. You know, the world wants to discourage you, but the word lifts you up into heavenly realms of God. We are under an open heaven, saints. Psalm 91. I'm going to go through first, before we actually read the psalm, we're going to go through the psalm, but we're first going to, it has, it has conditions. You probably discovered that when you were reading it. You probably already knew it. I'm sure y'all read this psalm all the time. But Anyway, it has several conditions. Verse 1, we must dwell. It says, that's why we went through abide, to dwell, to stay continually, to sojourn, to hold on to. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So we have, a, we have a dwelling, a sojourning, a holding on to that we have to do. Verse 2, it says, I will say, I will say, I am not going to say virus. Don't be double-minded, saints. Don't be double-minded. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Verse 9, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, there's something you need to do. If you can't say when someone comes up to you and starts talking about all the negativity of the coronavirus, if you can't say, the Lord is my refuge, I'm protected in salvation, I have salvation in him, then keep your mouth shut. Just zip it. If you're going to speak, you speak the word and the word only. And what the word tells you to speak. And don't agree. Don't even passively agree. You know how sometimes someone will come up to you and they'll say something, and it's all a bunch of garbage. It's just a bunch of trash. It has nothing to do with the word. No agreement with the word. And you don't really want to deal with it. And you just go, yeah, yeah, right. And you go, yeah, right. And then you just move on. That's not good enough. That's really not good enough. That's agreement. Don't be lazy. That's agreement. It's agreement with the devil. Say something like, I take crop failure on that. Verse 14, because he loves me. He loves me. How do we love the Lord? How do we love the Lord? Yeah, we all love the Lord. How do we really love the Lord? We keep his commands. We keep his commands. Now, does that mean that you're mistake-free? No, it doesn't mean you're mistake-free. Does it mean that God's mercy and grace don't cover you? No, he does look on the heart, yes. But what's our intent? What needs to be our serious intent? To keep the commands of the Lord. That's how. Let's actually go to John 14. Verse 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command... And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. There's a veil there. But it's been removed for you, saints. It's been removed by the blood of Jesus. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. So we show that we love the Lord by obeying him. We don't take for granted what we have been given. That which is in us. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching... My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you see what our following the teaching of Jesus, do you see what it does? He's always there, but it brings connection, divine connection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14 also says, because he acknowledges my name. What are you going to acknowledge? What are you going to identify with? I am going to acknowledge the power and the authority of the name of Jesus in my life. That's what I'm going to submit to. The name of Jesus is above every other name. 
Because, verse 15, because he calls on me. That's relationship, saints. That's wanting his wisdom. That's seeking his counsel and following it. Remember we studied last week, fear not only believe. Are you going to follow it? Are you going to do what he says? Are you going to accept that good counsel? You see, I'm not going to be like it says in James 1. Let me go there. Verse 6, James 1, verse 6. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Let's back up to 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So don't get in a self-condemning situation where you think, oh, I made this mistake, okay? You just go back and call on him, okay? Put that shame aside. You just go back, you have a loving father, and you just call on him. And he'll give you what you need for that situation, It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Our family at RCC is not unstable. We are not double-minded. We will speak the word. We will know the word. We will know our inheritance in Christ. We will speak the word. We are not double-minded. We are not going to, you know, have a forked tongue speaking in two directions. See, we're not going to do that here. So let's go on to the psalm. And I want to just say this one other thing. Why is it so critical? It says here several times, he will say of the Lord. He will say. He will say. He will say. Why is it so important that you say the word? You know, when you say the word, I truly believe this. God made your spirit to hear very specifically from your own voice. What you say overpowers what others say. When you say, you're speaking to your spirit. You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. You're building your faith. That's why it's important to say, not just meditate. Okay, Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is the Supreme. He is the Mighty One. He is the King of kings. He is the banner that goes before me. He is my El Shaddai. He is more than enough. He is my friend. He is my Savior. He is my Father. He loves me. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you, sozo, we just went over, he will save you from the fowler's snare. The devil, any snare that the devil has, any scheme, there's no limit here, there's no limitation. It says, he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. You are saved from the deadly pestilence. Point blank, period. Don't even need to think about that anymore. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Thank you, Lord, that you are my refuge. You see, we're hidden in a Father's safe place. We're hidden in the Father's safe place. 
a refuge from every peril or disaster, our protection. His faithfulness. We serve a covenant-keeping God. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. I have a PowerPoint. It's at the end of that other PowerPoint, the very end, on the word rampart. You know, I think we skip over these words sometimes. You know what rampart means? Fortification, an elevation or mound around a place capable of resisting cannon shot. Woo! Does that sound like the arrow that flies by day? His protecting power around you is capable, it does, resist cannon shot. You see, the devil might think he has a cannon, but he has nothing on you. You are behind a protected fortification. Picture that when you walk out of these doors. That which fortifies and defends from assault. You are fortified. You are defended from assault. That which secures safely. Safely secured in the ark of Jesus. Safely secured in the living word. Who is the living word? Jesus. Jesus is our living word, alive. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear. You see, fear is the devil's language. Our language is faith. Our language is faith. Why are you going to listen to his language when you've got your own. You've got a God-given language. It's faith. It overcomes the world and everything in it. <laughs> I'm going to stand in faith. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Every harmful scheme of the devil. Everyone. 2 Timothy 1.7 We do not have a spirit of fear, but of power. 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 Love. And a sound mind. Don't get off your love walk during these perilous times, saints. Believe in the love of God for you and walk in the love of God. Don't get off that. That's dangerous territory. Verse 6. I will not fear. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. You see, this is nothing. This is nothing to God. He's already provided for all of this. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. A thousand may fall at one side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near thee. What are numbers? Nothing. It could be a million. Does he have angels that he has dispatched for you to keep your foot from being dashed? Do his angels encamp around you? This is an amazing promise. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near me. 
No virus can come nigh me or my household. No destruction, no peril, no plague. When the world around you is in turmoil, what are you going to be? <laughs> you guys are smart. Wow, those are awesome answers. Peace, rest, joy, strength. Hallelujah. Sheltered by the Lord. You're sheltered by the Lord. Verse 8, you will only observe. You will only observe. Well, that's over there. Yeah, like, I can vaguely see it. Okay. Because the Lord has put it so far away from me that I have to really even struggle. You're only going to observe it. Thank you, Lord, for being my safe power. Hallelujah. That you have put your angels encamped around about me. That the blood of Jesus covers me. And I stand and observe. You will only observe. You see, don't, do not let what you're observing get into your spirit. That's your, that's your deal. That's your deal. What you observe, do not let it get into your spirit. That's your job. That's your job. The word will help you keep it out of your spirit. I'm taking crop failure on anything the world has to offer. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't need it. It doesn't belong to me. It's not my inheritance. I have the inheritance of Jesus Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ belongs to me. I am seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ. Is there any destruction in heaven? Is there at the right seat of the Father, at the right hand of the Father, is there any destruction? Is there any fear? Is there any negativity of any sort? Is there any peril? Is there any disease? No. No. Like I said before, we have always lived in a fallen world. Did that bother Jesus? No, he did something about it. He did something about it. Did he run scared? No. He commanded the demons to get out. He shed his blood and poured it out on the mercy seat. Take it, saints. Don't let the devil get you on the run. Not a time for that. Not a time for that. Jesus never did it, so there's never a time for it. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Now, we know that God doesn't want anyone to perish, okay? We understand that. But we all have a choice. Just because bad things happen, that's not God. Wakey, wakey. Tired of hearing that. Double-mindedness. Blaming it on God. We serve a loving Father. Whether you, ex whether ever, I know everyone in RCCM saying whether the world accepts His love is up to them, right? And we pray, 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 pray that God sends laborers into the path that none should perish. But His love is all poured out. It's been poured out. If you say the Lord is, if you say. The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling. No 
harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command, command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Thank you, Lord, that you guard me. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That would be harm, wouldn't it? You will tread upon the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me Because he loves me. We love the Lord. We keep his word. We know his word. Says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. The name above every other name. He will call on me. That's connection, divine connection. That's relationship. Who do you call? You call your friend. You call your family, right? You call your friends and your family. Call on him. He loves you. You're his beloved child. Because he calls on me, He will call on me, and I will answer him. See, we're going to look to him. We're going to call on him. We're not going to call on the world. They don't know anything. They might know what they're looking at, but we know (coughs) that the spirit realm is more powerful than the carnal realm. The truth is in the spirit realm. The truth is in what God has already done, what Jesus has already accomplished. Regardless of what carnal circumstances might try to be telling you. Psalm 20, verse 6. Now this I know. I know. I know. I'm resolute. I'm decided. This I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. That's you. You're a believer. Hallelujah. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Hallelujah is right. You see, he answers us. He answers us when we call. Isaiah 65. And this is talking to, you know, the Lord saying, my people and their descendants. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Because we have made the Most High God our Lord. Hallelujah. You hear me, you answer me, you protect me. I have made you my Lord. I will be with, this is back to Psalm 91, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Those who honor me, I will honor. With long lives. Woo! With long life, I will satisfy. Honey, you hang on to Jesus, you hang on to the word, and you are not going anywhere until you're satisfied. Until you are satisfied. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Salvation. Save. Rescued, delivered, 
made whole, healed. Rescued from danger. Kept from the snares of death. Saved from the fowler's snare. From every pestilence. From every peril. Saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what I felt like the Lord wanted to teach us today or remind us about today. We have an ark. We have an ark. A place of safety. We have a job. We're not perfect. But we are loved. And we've been given every tool necessary. We've been given the blood. We've been given the spirit of truth. We have an ark. We just need to keep on building. Hallelujah. We can run into it. We're going to run into God's strong tower, and we are saved. Hallelujah. So, want to accept our offerings and tithes today.